0: All right. I think we can get started. Uh, welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, joining us. Today we will talk about Amazon EC2 Systems Manager, which is a new service that was announced uh, earlier today. Uh, some of you may have heard about it at the keynote. And I'm joined here today by with uh, Tim. Tim Nicholas is from Zero and he will talk about how they're using run command and some of the tools that we've built to uh, automate uh, their infrastructure. My name is Amjad Hussain. I'm a senior manager at Amazon EC2, and uh, w- one of the things that we we want we wanted to focus on in this talk is not just Amazon uh, the systems manager product, but also how can we leverage the tools that Amazon has provided to uh, help you better manage and configure your infrastructure, especially when you think about larger companies or enterprises that have had. Um, uh, they're either moving to the cloud or already have significant workloads that are running in the cloud. How, how can we better um, provide products and tooling for, for those companies? So let's get started. Uh, what, we'll, what we'll go over today is I will introduce Systems Manager. We'll go through some of the key capabilities and features that we announced today that are generally available. We will talk about run command, state manager, and parameter store, and I'll introduce those and what they do. And we will talk about how uh, Zero is using run command and has been using for, for a while uh, in, in their uh, IT and, and in their infrastructure. And then we have a few demos for you. And then there are some FAQs and best practices that we'll share. So let's start by w- w- how did we build uh, EC2 Systems Manager, or why did we build EC2 Systems Manager? And we've been talking to a number of you, and I see a lot of, you know, a few familiar faces in the room here. Uh, and, and there are companies and there, there are some of you who have uh, a lot of traditional tools and investments that, we, that, that you guys have made. And uh, as we're moving and adopting workloads in the cloud, we, uh, you know, we've heard feedback repeatedly that some of the existing uh, tooling is not suitable for, a cloud, uh, for the cloud scale, as well as some of the best practices and modern DevOps, te- DevOps techniques. Uh, we've also heard some other recurring themes, things like how do you do change management or how do you, do, how do you get visibility into the configuration and the changes that are happening on your, on your systems. Uh, and another common theme that we keep hearing is that there is uh, complexity around licensing, around cost for, these, uh, for some of the tools uh, that, that, uh, that some of you are using. So with that, I'd like to go a little bit more deeper into Systems Manager. Like I said before, systems manager is a service that we announced earlier today it's part of uh, amazon ec2 set of uh, capabilities and really the way to think about this is it's it's not just one uh, one feature or one service it's a collection of capabilities that we've announced today that help you better manage and administer your infrastructure at scale so let's just go right into it so if you if you sort of look at what a traditional workload or what what a what a process looks like. You you start by deploying and configuring your infrastructure. There is uh, how do you manage, track, and update that infrastructure, and there are some common things that I'll go into. And what we've what we've tried to do is we've tried to build a number of capabilities that help solve various use cases along that pipeline or around that sort of life cycle. Um, from if you from your left, uh, run command and state manager. Let's. Spend a little bit of time on those. Run command is a feature we launched uh, last year, almost a year ago, and Run command lets you remotely administer and execute commands at scale. State Manager is a uh, service that lets you. Uh, the way I like to describe it, it gives gives you. Uh, it lets you define a personality of your fleet for your instance. And I'll go into more uh, what State Manager uh, does. Uh, on the right hand side, there is uh, inventory. Think of inventory as software configuration and software information that's on your instances. We provide a simpler way to uh, collect some of that information and provide querying capabilities on top of that. Uh, pat- patching, especially for Windows workloads, is something that, we, uh, that we've heard. Um, you know A number of companies have challenges around how do, you, how do you make sure your instances are secure, how do you make sure that if you have certain uh, compliance or certain patch criterias that those are met, and so we have uh, uh, announced Patch Manager as a feature for that. Automation. Uh, automation is an interesting one because one of the things that we ourselves uh, struggle with sometimes is we. Our team is responsible for generating a lot of armies, right? And we generate Windows armies, we generate other armies, Amazon machine images, and what we've found is that that process can be cumbersome, and we've heard the same feedback from customers and uh, from some of you. And so with automation, what you can do is you can automate some of those common workflows, things like if you just want to spin up an image, uh, apply certain patches on it, uh, layer your software on it, and then create a new army, the automation service helps with that. In the middle, there is a couple of common services that we've built that you'll see, uh, you'll see in some of the demos that, that can be used across the systems manager capability set. Things like maintenance windows, through which you can define periods or recurring schedules of um, uh, uh, recurring schedules, where you can schedule operations, as well as parameter store. Uh, parameter store, which we'll go into much more detail later on, is a, a lightweight way for you to store information such as configuration data, such as uh, common uh, sensitive information that you can reference it across your other capabilities. So let's go a little bit deeper into run command. Run command, like I said before, uh, actually, before we go further, how many of you are familiar with run command? Show of hands. Okay. All right. 20%. Uh, How many of you have actually used run command? All right. Five, seven, 10% maybe. Okay. Cool. Uh, So run command is a service that lets you remotely administer and run commands against a set of instances. Uh, it improves. Uh, it helps you lock down your infrastructure. In the past, uh, in fact, even now, a lot of customers or co- Companies have open-ended ssh or rdp remote desktop access Opened into their boxes. And so with uh, run command, you can Lock down your environments more. You can provide better, Finer-grained access control. And you can uh, uh, customize what Type of actions and operations are permitted on certain or Specific instances. Uh, Run command also lets you get very detailed uh, uh, information about what's running on the instances and what has executed using CloudTrail and some of the other integration points that we've we've built. You can get historical data. And you can, we've also recently, and I'll go into this a little bit more, uh, we've also recently added the capability to control the rate at which you send commands so that you don't disrupt your fleet while you're uh, uh, rolling out a change or a disruptive action. So this, uh, let me just spend a little bit of time on how to actually get started and send a command. In this case, I'm using a CLI, and you can see there's a few common concepts that I wanted to go over. The first is a document. So the first thing you do when you're about to send a command is is you encapsulate it in a concept that we call a document. Think of document as a JSON representation of the specific action or the specific task that you want to perform amazon provides a bunch of documents out of the box so you can do things like run powershell run a shell script or configure windows update uh, or you can write your own documents so that's the first parameter the second parameter is the target so after you've defined your intent you define the target the target can be either a list of instance ids or it can be a tag query And we'll go into how tag queries work, but the basic idea is you can tag your instances, and then you can send a command to everything that matches that tag criteria. Uh, The the third uh, sort of uh, option there is a parameter. A parameter is an optional parameter for uh, documents. So some documents can be very closed, right? They do only one specific action, like net stop some service. Some documents can be open-ended, like you give them the specific command that you want to run. Like in this case, you can see I'm running an Amazon-published document called run PowerShell script, and it takes a parameter, which is is what is it that you want to run. So in this case, you can see that I'm running, I'm creating a directory under C drive. And the last parameter is an optional capability that we added a few months ago for notification support. So using the, the notification parameter, what you can do is you can say if this, when this command is completed and it meets, uh, meets these criteria, send me a notification via SNS. So you can see, like in this case, I, would, I will get a notification on the, topic, on the SNS topic that I've provided uh, when the command reaches a successful state. Okay, so we actually talked about most of this stuff, but basically to get started with run command, you start with an instance. And one of the things that you'll notice is, uh, if you use run command, is that for Windows instances, we, we have an agent that we pre-install on default Amazon uh, images. It's called the Amazon SSM agent. It's uh, open source. And uh, so, so you need to have the agent installed and running on your instances. For Linux, we, we do not install the agent uh, by default, but there is a well-known location that you can go and, uh, and install and run the agent from. You also need to have an instance profile, or an IAM role, uh, attached to your instance. We use this to authenticate and authorize the instance so that we know it's for, for your account and for, it's authorized for those commands. So that's the prerequisite. You start with an instance. We already talked about document, which is how you author your intent. And then the next couple of concepts are around commands and command invocation. At a high level, you can think of it this way. If you're running a command, there's a command object, which is the request, and there's an invocation which are the actual results of the command that you're running and then we get into detailed status and error reporting so this is the thing i was just talking about a few slides ago um, we we have recently added the uh, capability to uh, send a command uh, at scale right and um, the way you do that is in, in the past you used to have to send Commands to individual instances. So you can send it to a specific instance or you can send it To a list of instance ids. What we've added now is the ability to send a command to a Tag query. This can be quite powerful because What we've, what we've found is that a lot of you are actually already Tagging your instances based on either department or other Grouping constructs. And so having the ability to send A command to a tag can help with that sort of scaling strategy. Uh, The other thing that we've added, because we are letting you send Command to many more instances now, is we have added the ability To do rate control and error handling on those commands. So for example, you'll see in the last couple of lines there, There is a parameter for max concurrency, so the maximum Number of commands you want to run in one batch, as well as Max errors, which is the number of errors that the command, uh, What is the error threshold uh, beyond which we will stop Executing the commands. So you can use this, you can use these two uh, sort of knobs in combination to control how fast you want to go and how quickly do you want to stop. Okay. So setting up your instances. Like I said before, one of the things about Systems Manager as a whole is that it uses the same common agent, which is the Amazon SSM agent. It's written in Go, it's available on open source in open source, and uh, we, we regularly update it with some of the new capabilities and features that we're building into Systems Manager. The, once you register an instance, it starts heartbeating with our Systems Manager service. And you can find out what are the instances that we're aware of, and you can perform operations like updating the agent or figuring out if it hasn't heartbeated in a while. And the other thing that I want to call out is uh, everything I just talked about works on EC2 instances. As well as on-premises instances, right? So you can imagine you uh, take the agent, you install it on your uh, on-premises VM or physical bare metal server, and it just gets registered as a managed instance. After that registration or that initial tie-up is done, you can you can manage that instance just as if it was an were an EC2 instance. Heartbeats, so. Here's an example of how you can use uh, an API or a CLI to find out what agents are heartbeating and what is the state of a specific instance. Um, in this example, you can see that uh, th- there's there's useful information like is the agent version latest, and if not, then you can choose to upgrade the agent. Uh, is it heartbeating, which is the ping status, as well as certain platform uh, information such as Windows version, what SKU of Windows. Um, as well as heartbeat information, so that's how you can find out. And when I do the demo, I'll go a little bit more into how you can filter and get a holistic view of what are some of the uh, what is the state of your fleet from a instance perspective. I touched on this briefly, uh, the on-prem support, and the it's actually quite simple to set up. The way we the way we register on-premises instances is you you register you install the agent. And you have to create something we call an activation. You can think of activation as a, as a one-time thing that lets you Provision a number of uh, on-prem or uh, hybrid servers that you can Register with us. So, for example, if you look at the Screenshot here, i have created a sample activation, and i have Said that the limit for this is ten. So that means that using This activation code, i can register up to ten instances. And then beyond that, uh, when, I, when i activate, i activate. I will get an activation code that i can use as i'm Registering my instances. Okay. Customizing commands. So one of the things i mentioned Earlier is a uh, a systems manager document is a generic concept That is used not just by run command but also by some of the Other services i talked about, things like automation service, Things like state manager that we will get to soon. And a document is a simple json schema. It has a few uh, key aspects, things like, what are the parameters that this document takes? What what is the input of the document? It also takes steps. So what are the specific sequence of things that you want to perform? And uh, uh, And it also lets you do versioning and editing. So for example, you can edit a document, and you can make a specific version of the document the one that everyone references and uses. We've also added the capability to share documents. So you can imagine if you have a multi-account scenario, like a large company, you can imagine how one account might have a bunch of documents, and then you share that with specific accounts in the organization. And because documents are AWS resources, you can do fine-grained permission control on it. So you can say something like, you know, Amjad has access to only this one document that does a very specific action like starting a service or stopping a service or something like that. And here's an example of a uh, a JSON uh, sort of format. You can see there's a description, and you'll see how we use this description to visualize it in the console in the CLI. Uh, You can see that there is an action, which is the specific step or the action you want to perform, and the specifics of the action. So in this case, um, I'm just running uh, something called myscript.ps1, and I give it a working directory and an execution timeout. We talked about document sharing before. Just uh, one minor clarification I wanted to do is, you can share documents across accounts, and you can share them publicly as well. And that's how Amazon publishes the documents that we have, that we have published. All right. So with that, I would like to hand it over to Tim, who will go over how they're using Run Command. Thank you, Tim.
1: So I'm Tim Nicholas, lead automation architect at Xero. Uh, for those that don't know, Zero is uh, award-winning cloud accounting software for small and medium businesses. Um, and so Xero, <laughs> Xero started in New Zealand. Uh, but we've got offices, including development offices, in uh, New Zealand, Australia, uh, the UK, and here in the US. Um, so we're a global company, both in terms of our customers and our uh, and our teams, we've got over 860,000 organisations running their accounting through our uh, application and platform. Um, and over the last two years, we've sort of started, and then completed building a new version of our uh, platform in AWS. Um, and then over sort of six months this year, we've migrated all of our applications and all of our data into AWS. So, as we migrated into uh, into AWS. We took the opportunity to uh, you know, really embrace a code driven infrastructure. Um, and with the sort of new technology and new architecture comes new challenges. Um, so the first one really was host discovery. We went from having relatively few servers to having very many servers, from hundreds to thousands. Um, and that comes with challenges, obviously, and particularly with a dynamic environment, uh, instances coming and going in a way that wasn't true in our previous infrastructure. We also, with this new code-driven infrastructure, wanted to have ways of integrating our uh, diagnostic and investigative processes into our pipeline tools and making them really uh, take advantage of that code-driven nature. Uh, And that applies whether it's adding technical gates to deployment uh, or pulling information into into a chat so that people are more informed when they're making decisions or perhaps maintaining systems via a Lambda function variety of other things. Probably the biggest challenge, though, was network isolation. You know, we really didn't want to uh, rely on privileged network locations for all actions that an administrator might want to do, particularly as we pushed out sort of more responsibility for maintenance to product development teams. Uh, you know, having those those positions in the network that had extra special privilege um, didn't seem like the safest way to go. Um, and in some cases, in a, in a multi-VPC, multi-account, uh, multi-region environment, those locations may not even be plausible to exist. So on the left here, you can see sort of a, a representation of the, of the product uh, application uh, VPCs. And you can see that on the top there is, is a, what we call the threat protection zone. And it's got a web, web application firewall for incoming customer traffic and proxy for any outgoing internet access. And on the right, we've got an equivalent setup for where all of our uh, build and continuous integration type systems might be. And they can't talk to each other. Administrators can push code to Git, and they can, you know, with MFA-protected access keys, they can talk to the Amazon APIs. But they can't talk directly to those servers uh, inside the application space. And neither can the pipeline tools. So you can see that the Amazon APIs Really provide a, an integration point between all those Different things. So quite a lot of different use Cases uh, that we have for run command. Uh, I'll just go a few, through a few of them. Uh, we use run command to, to validate .NET application configuration Inside the environments. So we can reach in from our pipeline tools that do deployments, do releases, uh, might switch a Route 53 entry, and at that last moment, or at any other moment, validate that that configuration is actually correct. You can do that quite actively and do interesting things, like actually make connections to the databases, You know, make sure that that connection string is not only syntactically valid, but that actually the you know, DNS resolution is working, the network path is open, the credentials are valid, um, and, that's, and get that information back to inform the decision of whether to go ahead or not. We've had situations, uh, you know, pulling code that's run in one uh, set of infrastructure into a new set of infrastructure where you find new and exciting ways that it behaves. So, for example, uh, DNS and connection caching. You know, and using run command, we're able to sort of delegate our access to be able to safely reload application pools to clear those caches. We can delegate that to the application development teams who are actually the right people to be uh, managing the the long-term permanent fix, which is really useful. So putting that responsibility for for that operational procedure uh, in the hands of the people who've got the long-term code quality and the ability to really fix that permanently. We also wanted to enable services on a sample of machines. Uh, In this case, sort of uh, detailed performance monitoring Uh, in-depth analysis things. So we don't want to have it running on everything, um, but in a system where you've designed and put a lot of effort into making sure that you've got a very consistent, repeatable uh, process to construct these things in a dynamic environment, there's no first one, there's no last one of these things. uh, So you need to have a a way of turning on that service on on only some. And using Lambda, uh, you know, Lambda and, and Run Command, looking at uh, a defining a set of hosts, and then finding a sample of them, and using Run Command to turn on a service on those. Uh, very powerful. And of course, you know, in any you know even moderately complex environment, you're going to need uh, to do interactive investigation of problems. Things come up; you need to be able to to investigate. So I will uh, show you some of what we've uh, done for that now. Very exciting PowerShell terminal window. So, firstly, you know, I mentioned discovering your instances. We've got lots and lots of instances. And we've really tried to remove a lot of the frustration of that by having a a PowerShell function that matches up with our tagging uh, standard. So we define server class, uh, and we can look those up from that. And what we do is just pull out uh, you know, the EC2 instance objects that are associated with those so that we can then have those in the PowerShell pipeline to pass forward to other things. We want to invoke a command on them. In this case, just get service. So we invoke SSM command here is a function that's really wrapping up a bunch of run command functionality. It's, you know, run command is deliberately uh, asynchronous. It fires off the command. You come back later. You get the results, and, but that's not really very helpful in a command line situation. You know, when you're running it, wondering if it's ready, running it again. Uh, so, we have this command to, uh, you know, really wrap all that up. Also, if the output is larger than is uh, valid to be returned by the API, it will put it into S3, and the command can then manage pulling that information from S3. So that's a seamless experience. So, if we run this again with uh, with a bit more noise, we can see exactly the command that's being run. And it's just that same thing that it was on the command line. You can see it waiting for the results and getting it back. But notice here that the the, raw output is just text. Uh, And in fact, you can see that it's wrapping the IP address really badly. Um, So it's quite hard to use that information to feed into a pipeline to then do more. And we've got PowerShell here. PowerShell's got a great object model can pass objects through the pipeline, and it's extremely useful. Um, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm an ex-Linux guy, and I, you know, love PowerShell regular expressions and massaging a whole bunch of text as much as the next guy, but that's no fun. So what we do is uh, really embrace that PowerShell object model and try and keep it all the way through uh, by enabling uh, serialization on the remote host and deserialization on the local end. So you can see here using CLI XML, part of PowerShell, so that what we're getting back is not just that text output. It's actually the serialized object. And then locally, it's reconstructed. Hugely helpful. We can now actually query what's in that object. We don't just have what's in the display. uh, We have more richness as well. So we'll just get a few more instances to to query. There's all the Windows hosts. And I'm going to run a similar command, but across all of them. Now, note that I'm not using invoke SSM command anymore. I'm using resolve DNS, hostname so via SSM. This is a function that wraps up a couple of things. First of all, it's using a different uh, run command document. Uh, and that's obviously valuable, as was mentioned, because it means you can give out you know, the, the IAM permissions to run that to a wider range of people than you might just entirely arbitrary PowerShell execution. Um, so you can control... the the risk profile of a particular document and with who who might want access to it. And that means you can actually give people access to information uh, at a much broader level. So we run that. Should have heard it while I was talking. We get some answers, great. And now, because they're objects, we can group them by the the elements of those. So we can see here that we've actually got different answers coming back from different hosts. And that's sort of, you know, that might be a good thing. It might not be a good thing. Um, But you can see that there's lots of times when you might want to investigate why this is. You might want to dig into what's the correlation here that leads to some getting one answer and some getting another. And if these were pure DNS answers, the pure objects that we would get back from result DNS, then they don't have any of the information that you might want uh, pertaining to you know, which instance ran them, where they are, how those instances were tagged. And so it's really hard to work out what those correlations are. So what we do, this is, this is the deserialized object. We've run a get member on it so we can see all the aspects of that, uh, of that uh, object. You can see we've added some more note properties to it as it's come out of the pipeline. We got an instance ID, the generically useful thing to know about this. Where did it come from? But also, quite importantly, the SSM command input object, which is the whole instance object that we had at the other side of the pipeline before. So that means that we've got a lot of information embedded in that, and we can expand out all that information and just munge it onto the top-level document so that we can order them and inspect them and look at them however we want. So this is the same same object but with vastly more things on it still a DNS record a, but with all this other stuff right so now you know we, you saw me organize uh, sorry query the uh, the instances earlier by server class. We can now group these objects and, and see if we've got a correlation with server class. We, we sort of do. But it's not a a one-to-one thing. They're they're variable. So we can now, because we've got these objects locally, we can really quickly try different things, see where the strongest correlation is. And it doesn't have to be just tags. It can be other fundamental uh, properties of those instances that it came from. So here, for example, we can see that actually, we're just getting different answers in different VPCs. And that might be all you need to know to be able to then uh, Go and look at your, your Route 53 private zones, for example, or your DNS servers, and, and check out why it is that you're getting different answers in different places. Maybe it's a desired state. Maybe it's what you're intending. But it, being able to dig into those answers, find the correlation, is uh, really, really powerful. So I hope that that's uh, uh, been a useful insight into how we use uh, run command and some of the options that are available there, particularly when integrated strongly into PowerShell. Some of these commands uh, here are the part of a module, Cloud Remoting. Uh, it's been developed by us. It's available in PSKit, PowerShell Gallery. Um, so, yeah, check it out. All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tim. Thank you. No problem. All right. So with that, let's uh, thank you again, Tim. Thank you. Uh, We, I want to switch over to uh, some of the new features and services that we've built. So the first off, I want to talk about State Manager. State Manager, like I mentioned earlier in the talk, was is a new service that we're launching as part of Systems Manager that lets you maintain a consistent state for your fleet. Right. The way I like to think of it is, imagine if you start your VMs and your instances, and they start with a vanilla. Um, uh, sort of uh, a blank uh, slate, right? And then using State Manager, you can give them personality. You can define what they're going to be, what what software is installed on them, what policies you want to be applied on those instances, and then you can make sure that they don't drift or deviate from that state. So you can reapply the same policies to make sure that your instances are in a consistent uh, uh, state. Uh, The other thing you can do with State Manager is then you can track and aggregate some of that information. So you can see, for example, that, you know, five nodes out of your fleet are not, are not matching your desired or your intended state. And then you can go and take remediation steps uh, using either run command or whatever other remedi- remedial tools you might have. Run com- uh, state manager is actually quite similar to run command in terms of, how, some, of the, uh, some of the core concepts. You start with the document, the same uh, systems manager document that we talked about is what you use to define your intent. And this is where you define what are the policies and what are the software and other uh, configuration things that you want uh, on your fleet. So that's the document. The, The target is where do you want to apply those policies. So that's the document and the target. And then an association is a concept that is the binding between the document and the target. Think of it as a persistent sort of link between the two. You can change a document and your, your, uh, your fleet will get updated and that, that binding or that sort of uh, mapping is an association. Uh, a schedule is a concept that you can apply or a property you can apply on an association that tells it how often should it reapply itself. And this is how you can achieve uh, sort of uh, drift remediation, right? So you can make sure that your instances don't drift from their, uh, from their uh, intended state. Creating an association, you'll see a lot of common concepts here as well. You start out by calling create association. You give a document name, give a target. In this case, I'm giving a uh, attack query, right? So in this case, unlike the run command example where I was targeting a specific instance, in this case, you can see that I'm, t- I'm saying that everything that has attack key equals name and value equals web server apply this, uh, uh, this association to. And then I give an optional uh, s3 location where I can keep all my detailed logs so I can go and grep and I can see what are uh, some of the detailed execution results. So what, what this command, for example, will do is it will configure all my instances that match that tag query to, uh, f- to apply the document, web server document, which can really contain a bunch of things like configuring software or checking firewall ports or whatever else you want and then applying it against that target. Switching over, I'll speak a little bit about Parameter Store. Parameter Store is, uh, helps you centrally store uh, c- configuration data. So I'm sure some of you have had up, uh, times where you've had SQL connection strings or passwords or other uh, important information that you have to pass every time to your script or to your, uh, to your nodes. Using Parameter Store, you can centrally store all that information and you can reference it throughout Systems Manager. So, for example, if you're creating an association using State Manager or if you're sending a command using Run Command, you can reference the parameters in one place uh, and, and manage it in one place. Parameter Store is also integrated with uh, AWS IAM, which means that you can do permissions on parameters and you can say things like, just like with a document, you can say things like, this person or these uh, users have access to these parameters. So that way you can control and lock down who has access to your parameters. And the last point is around uh, storing sensitive data. Uh, And the way we do that is we use KMS. uh, And we provision a default uh, KMS key on your account, or you can bring your own key with KMS, and then we will encrypt if you use the secure string option, which I'll go over uh, in a bit. Uh, And then we'll encrypt it, and you can reference it later on. Getting started with parameter uh, parameter store, uh, fairly simple. You start with... You create a bunch of parameters, and it's, it's a key-value pair. There's different types of parameters. There's a string, a secure string, there's a list. And you can reuse, like I mentioned before, you can reuse parameters across your uh, system center uh, systems uh, uh, manager uh, uh, services. And here's an example of how to create a parameter. Let's actually s- uh, skip this, and I'll go a little bit more in the demo. All right, so let's switch to... To some demos here. Okay. Can everyone see font size okay? Yep. Okay. Great. So here I have a CLI. And what I wanted to do was I'll just run through some of the concepts that we've talked about to hopefully stitch things together. This, the, the one that I've highlighted right now is how I describe all the instances that are, that are managed by system, uh, system manager so in this case you'll see that it returns a bunch of instances a number of instances that i have registered and the same metadata information that i uh, sort of went over earlier things like is the agent version uh, is the agent version latest what is the platform and other things i can also do queries against tags so for example i can say show me all the instances that match tag key equals uh, asg And you will see that it returns all the instances that have that tag key. And this is the same querying and uh, uh, targeting logic that send command uh, uh, and create association also use. Let me switch over to the console, the UI, and show you how some of this looks in in the EC2 console. So to start with, systems manager is in the EC2 uh, console. So if you come to EC2, you will see right after auto scaling there is systems uh, system manager services and shared resources so we've already talked about run command and let me just show you a quick sort of tour here so you pick a document your intent and in this case what i'm going to do is i'm going to select a document that runs a powershell script and i'm going to select an instance that is a linux instance so you can see here the platform type is linux and the instance is heartbeating. And I'm going to run a command like get process. Now, the nice thing about uh, run command is we've recently added support for uh, PowerShell on Linux. As you know, PowerShell, Microsoft made PowerShell available on Linux, and we have added that capability in run command as well so that if your instances, your Linux instances, have PowerShell installed, you can run it very simply just like that. So once you run a command, you get back a command ID that you can use to track the results. You can see it's already succeeded. And if I look at the output, you can see the results of the uh, get process command that was run on the Linux instance. So that's run command. Switching over, let's talk about documents. So I've mentioned documents a few times, and let's look at one of the documents I've created. It's called test any port. And here, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that my fleet does not have an RDP port or a specific port that I've specified open. You can imagine how this can be useful if you want to make sure that your uh, um, UDP port or your RDP port is not open for a uh, certain class of web servers. And if you look at the content of this document, you'll see that all it's doing is it's running a PowerShell script and it's verifying if this, the uh, the port is open. And the other thing I wanted to call out here is notice this. Here I'm using a reference, the two curly brackets, and I say SSM colon my port. This is actually a parameter. And you can see that I haven't actually defined what the parameter is. It is coming from the parameter store. So if I switch over to the parameter store, you can see that I've already created a parameter called my port and its value is some random value that i have assigned for now so using a document and a parameter store you can create these uh, you can create these specific intent and these specific configuration tasks where the data is coming from a different store that you can manage and access control in a different way let's switch over and look into state manager now so now that i've created a, a set of documents and i've created Uh, uh, A set of parameters to reference in those documents I can use state manager to define and configure my fleet so let me go over some of these what I have done is I've created an association that configures software so for example this particular association the state manager demo which targets everything that has tag key equals ASG installs Chrome and a few other software uh, uh, applications on on my fleet I also have a couple of other uh, uh, associations that I've created. One of them tests for a specific port, the RDP port, and one of them tests for uh, a port number that's coming from my parameter store. And you'll remember that I specified a random number like one, two, three, four, just to show how it can test both positive and a negative case. And if you'll notice on the right, there's a status on the association. What this is telling you is for that intent or for that association, and the target that it's uh, applied to. What is the consolidated status? So, for example, my software configuration, which was defined by state manager demo, is successful, which means that all the nodes have installed and they are in their desired or intended state. The, the other document, which was the test any port, which you'll remember was port 1234, that has also succeeded, which means that there is no instance in that fleet that has the uh, uh, the 1234 port open. However, if you look at the last association, which is the test RDP port, you can say, you can see that it has failed, which means that some of my instances uh, uh, have the RDP port open. And now let me show you how you can drill down and see which, which ones are in, uh, are in their intended state and which ones aren't. I want to, to go in the managed instances view. This is our central uh, UI where we go over all the instances along with uh, a bunch of relevant information, things like their inventory, uh, their uh, state manager status, and other pieces of information. So let's pick one of the instances, like my Linux machine here. And If I click on the association tab, you can see that this particular instance had only one policy or association bound to it which was it was collecting inventory, and that was successful. If you look at another one which has failed, so like the first one where the association status has failed, you can drill down into the association list and you can see which specific policy failed. So for example, for this instance, you can see that the uh, the test RDP port has failed and you can look at the output to get more information about what specifically failed uh, and why all right so that was a quick tour of state manager and parameters the other thing i wanted to show you was the ability to use the cli to get some of that same information so you can see here i'm going to do list associations which is our equivalent of show me all the policies and all the associations that i've created so in this case if i just scroll up a little bit you will see the same information here Um, let's take a look at this one I have an association with where the document or my intent was to collect software inventory and it has succeeded it gives me the association ID which I can use to get more information and it tells me what is the target of this association in this case I have bound this to a specific uh, instance ID similarly I can also find the detailed status for a specific instance. So right here, if I do describe instance association status and I give it a particular instance ID, it will show me that consolidated view of what are all the associations or policies that were bound and what is their status. And I will just... One other thing I wanted to go over was parameters. Using... The CLI, I can do a similar operation on the parameter service. So for example, I can do get parameters and I'll give it the name of my parameter that I just specified. My port. And it'll give you the type. Like I said, there's string, secure string, it gives you the name, my port, and it gives you the value. And you can use the uh, push Parameter api to insert or uh, put new parameters into your Parameter store. All right. So with that, let me switch Back on to the console and show you one final thing. Maintenance windows. So maintenance windows, i don't Know if you remember, we talked about this very briefly In the beginning. Maintenance window is one of the Services and capabilities we're adding in systems manager. And using a maintenance window, you can schedule run Command to run at a regular interval. So, for example, in this case, I have created a maintenance window that runs every hour and it performs certain actions. And in this case, the tasks are it runs a PowerShell script. And if you look at the history, you can see that every hour since I created this maintenance window, it has been running. And I can see very detailed information about what happened during that maintenance window. So for example, I can select this one, the PowerShell. I can view data can look at the output, and I can see that, okay, ipconfig was run in this case, what the results were. And if there was a failure, this is the same place I'd come back to look at the failure. Run command, as I mentioned before, also allows you to store output in, in S3. So what I wanted to do is just go to the S3 console and show you what state manager and run command uh, output looks like. So here you can see that I have been running my associations against a specific instance. And all the times that it has run, you can see the results here. So, for example, remember how we were configuring software on the box? You can see that I installed Chrome. I can look at the output to see what exactly happened. So you can see that it was trying to install Chrome. In this particular case, Chrome was already installed, so it just did a check, and it just returned saying already present, no action needed. If chrome was uninstalled by someone on that particular Instance it would have been reinstalled. Similarly, S- uh, systems manager is also integrated with CloudTrail, And this is, this is very important from an uh, auditability and compliance Perspective so you can see who has been running commands or Associations or performing actions against your, uh, against your fleet. So if you look at this example, i just copied this over from the cloud trail uh, logs you can see that, in this case, someone performed a list command invocation uh, uh, API. And you can get fine-grained information like what were the parameters they requested, what was the operation they performed, what time, and so on and so forth. Uh, And with that, I think we are done. So thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Just to recap, um, thank you. Thank you. So just to recap, Systems Manager is uh, generally available today. It is available in multiple regions, and everything that we, uh, that we talked about is, works on Windows, it works on Linux, on EC2, as well as on-premises uh, environments. If you have any questions or if people have any comments, feel free to uh, uh, you know, just uh, stop, stop by. We'll have an informal chat. And before everyone heads out, I wanted to introduce one more person. Anant, if you can please stand up. Anant is a product manager on the team, and he was very helpful in helping us get all these demos and presentation and everything uh, set up. So thank you, Anand.